All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lin here with Travis Marziani. Today we're going to talk about uh, email segmentation and automation sequences. So uh, the past month or two, I've been working on some client stores, uh, getting their email marketing set up, and just today we're going to share kind of some sequences and segmentations and some back-end stuff that I've been doing to kind of help you out too if you need uh, any help with getting this set up. So, Travis, what's going on? I haven't talked in a while. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like I haven't talked with you in a while. I guess the first thing is the course is up. Uh, the 25K e-commerce profit plan is up. It's doing pretty good. Uh, I still have some one-on-one -on -one sessions available. Basically, what I said is the first 25 people that buy it will get a one-on-one -on -one session. So if you want to get that, go to effectiveecommerce.com and you can get it there. Also, I wanted to announce that we still are doing the mastermind. So if you're interested in joining the mastermind, go to buildmyonlinestore.com, apply, and I'm going to round it off with the final thing. So I've been, I've been doing all this work on the course and with the mastermind and I'm burning myself out. So I'm excited that I'm going to be going to Africa soon. I'm going to spend like three, a little more than three weeks in Africa, going to Ethiopia, Kenya, down to South Africa and up to Egypt. And I'm so, so excited for that. I feel like I deserve it. So it'll be nice to take a vacation. I feel that's like a super underrated place to visit um, in the world, in the, in the grand scheme of travel, I guess. So like it's not on people's radar a lot. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they're so different. They're such different places. But Ethiopia and Kenya, I'm really excited because I haven't been on a trip in a while where I felt like it was a totally different culture. So it'll be good to go somewhere and just be like kind of not... I wouldn't say immerse myself in the culture, but really see a different side of humanity. And then down in South Africa, it's supposed to be extremely cheap, but yet still like relatively good quality. And I'm going to get to swim with some sharks, some great white sharks, which I'm excited about. Bucket list item. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, so for me, uh, I guess the new project I'm working on, I'm just collecting emails. I'm doing it only off Instagram so far. I tried a little bit of Pinterest, but I just started this week. Uh, nothing much yet. So basically, uh, the cool thing is I'm getting about 40% opt-ins. So basically, anyone that clicks my bio, uh, it's a 301 redirect tag, so I see what they do. And then on the opt-in page, I'm using Active Campaign. So as soon as they submit a form, they get added with a tag that the source is Instagram, and I can see where they're clicking after on uh, from there in the thank you URL. And the thank you URL also shows up as a goal in analytics after they uh, sign up. So you can actually see from when they click your bio link all the way to the end, like what's actually coming through. And I think that's a lot of what like social media is lacking, like proper measurement. Because if you just do random stuff, and nothing shows up. Obviously, you don't know what's coming back because you're not measuring everything correctly. What are you, you I mean, maybe we'll get into it in this episode, but what are you using for a, a lead magnet from that? Uh, I'm just using offer that we're giving away 100 units of product and sign up for a chance to win. So uh, not, not giving away anything, but so one thing I'm worried about is that I might be giving away this and I'm attracting too many freebie people, but uh, no one's unsubscribing so far. And you know, I don't think everyone's gonna expect to win, but you know, we'll see how this goes. Give it like another month or so. Last question about this, but when are you, when are you going live with the, the store and starting to sell stuff? Uh, not till late June. So Okay, so, so, so you got a little while. Yeah, I'm doing all the pre-marketing. Well, see, because the product's pretty simple. Uh, it has, has like a social element. I mean, you already know it, but I just haven't told the audience yet. But the smart people will probably have found out if they follow me on Instagram. So I'll leave it at that for now. Alrighty, so let's get into this episode then. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, email marketing. And there's two parts of this, right? One is segmentation. And the second is automation. So I think automation, uh, there's some, you know, there's a lot of content on the internet, but no one really talks about proper segmentation. I think so. We're gonna start with that first. And so, a um, couple assumptions. I'm gonna assume that you're using some advanced email software, or at least the premium versions of, say, Mailchimp, 
uh, something like Active Campaign, Infusionsoft, Constant Contact, or even better, Clavio, uh, because these uh, email systems can actually talk to your shopping cart and pull dynamic data like order history, all this stuff, and do automation things like move people between lists, send them emails, and things like that. Because if you don't have these tools, you really can't kind of make use of this episode. Uh, but if you don't have it and you want to get in the future, hey, it's a good place to start knowing what you can set up uh, when you first get started. All right, so uh, part one, segmentation. So uh, I, I guess like when people start in email marketing, you just kind of have a big list and you just throw people there and you don't really do the proper housekeeping of organizing people into say people that have bought from you, they haven't bought from you, uh, or they you know are in the process of buying from you, right? So the first thing to do is I would divide your thinking and your segments into three buckets, ones before purchase, during purchase, after purchase, and obviously the messaging will be different for each bucket. And so before purchase is fairly obvious, right? Your website visitors, newsletter subscribers, people that haven't bought yet. Uh, during would be kind of your card abandoners, uh, people with high page views that dropped off, uh, high engagement, maybe people that have searched on your site for certain keywords that stayed you know, on the high time on site. And then after would be people that have, you know, one order, two orders, three orders, or haven't ordered in a while, essentially. And so uh, by properly segmentating your list, uh, this allows you to send better automation sequences, right? Because if you just have one big list of your customers, previous customers, subscribers, and you send a message about a sale, like it's not as useful as sending it only to people who have purchased or haven't purchased or have repeat purchased. Like, you know, you're doing a loyalty deal. Why would you send that to someone who hasn't bought from you? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I so maybe we'll get into this later, but I'm curious with other than like giving discounts away, like what can you do for the the before purchase people? Uh, so something you could do is you could do like some giveaway contest. Some people are doing that, where like you join the newsletter, you get a chance to win. There's a guy. I think there's a guy in e-commerce fuel in Andrews Firm that's doing really well with this, and he does it in a sweepstakes model. Where uh, you know, if you join the newsletter, you get a chance to win. If you follow us on Instagram or Pinterest, you get another chance to win. And kind of you gamify um, this whole kind of pre-purchase thing too. You know, so and pre-purchase stuff, you can have touch points where like you know, maybe you have like blog posts that talk about you know where you're interviewing customers, right? Like spotlight marketing, like how other people are using our products. You can send them emails about reviews people have been putting on. You know, obviously you don't want to talk about. You know, you can talk about how cool your products are, but it's better if someone else has it for you, right? So you'd be like, hey, here's our best sellers. You know, here are three reviews that people have said based on some archetype of your customer that's really relevant. And you'd be like, hey, I bought these, you know, whatever shoes and it made me jump really high in my next basketball tournament. So go buy them, essentially. So there's a lot of things you can do with pre-purchase, but I think a lot of it comes down to being creative too and not just thinking about how to pitch your products all right and so so let's get into a little bit about tactical stuff so segmentation in your list uh kind of like adwords and ppc like naming your campaigns your ad groups it can get kind of confusing once if you don't have a proper structure i think so especially if you just do like all right april 2012 newsletter like okay what does that mean are these like people that have bought from you are they subscribers so there's a system i came up with that's kind of cleaner i prefer like a certain action and then a semicolon, and then the description. So for example, uh, if someone joins a newsletter, I would do action, join newsletter, or action, abandon cart. But if they're a customer, I would do customer first order, customer repeat order, customer order value over you know 500 bucks or something like that. Because then when you look at that, it's a very clean definition of you know who is this tag or segment or list. Uh, you know Who are these people? Essentially. All right, so let me try to clarify that then. So the... So these are for segments. These aren't for like, camp- yeah, like this, email no, campaigns. No, this is for segments. Because if you don't have the right segmentation, 
And when you get in the automation side and you need to target people and your naming system is off, you're going to be like, oh, well, I forgot what I named group one or group two. Like, who are these people again? So like, if you if your title of the segmentation is already defined like that, it's a lot cleaner on the second so some, page. Something like action, join newsletter, would, I mean, wouldn't everybody be in there? Or does that mean, does what mean does that mean? People yeah. that join your newsletter but are not customers yet. Oh, okay. So join newsletters yeah. but not customers so, yet. So if they were customers, they would have the customer tag first and then first order, repeat order, or you know, long time no order or something like that. Okay, so the only, as far as the first tag, you have action or customer, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it could depend on your store. I just like action based on what they do as the first tag or what they haven't done and then the description of what you're trying to achieve uh, in that, basically. So yeah, so I use uh, action, customer. Yeah, I have one for visitors too. Symbols for visitors that they join the list, but they uh, visit the product pages, checkout pages, but don't make it to the thank you page. And they're opted in. Uh, certain email softwares can tag people based off the pages that they don't visit too. And that's a little bit more advanced stuff. You have to look into setting up uh, on your email software too. Yeah, so like, so, so kind of like, it's like PBC, right? Like when you name a campaign and it's kind of like all over the place, two months later, you go back, you're like, oh, like, what did I do here differently than the other one that I'm going to set up right now too? So. Yeah, oh no, I, I, I've had to, I've looked at some PPC campaigns lately, like some other people that I'm consulting for and it's just such a mess that I'm like, I don't, I don't even know where to start here. So definitely, I think it's a smart idea to be nice and organized with it. Yeah, because the, cl the cleaner you are with organization, the easier it is when you actually want to start sending these people things too, uh, which we're kind of getting into in part two of this. So part two of these, uh, these sequences, you know, they aren't set in stone. These are just kind of what we're I'm doing for uh, a few stores now. You know, you might have some better ideas for your store. Uh, it's obviously niche dependent, but just kind of generally speaking, these are kind of some sequences to consider. So we're going to start with absolutely the bottom of the funnel and we'll work our way up instead of going from top to down, right? So bottom of the funnel would be people that have bought from you before but have not in the, say, the past 90 days or 120 days or 240 days, right? So depending on your product, um, actually, what's your repeat purchase time? I, it's around there. I, I think uh, I might do three and a half to four months just because I find that within three months, a lot of times they will purchase. So if I'm gonna send people a coupon, I want it to be like after the point where they would. I need to do a little bit more math and figure out what it is for sure, but that's just kind of more my intuition and from the little bit of research that I've done, it's around three and a half to four months is when I would send them a coupon. Yeah, so this is basically people that are giving you money and probably have bought from you twice, if not more, and this is super low hanging fruit to set this up. So the trigger to set this up is uh, very simple. You just set it to send after 90 days, that's it. And the reason is, um, uh, every time they order, if they order before 90 days or whatever time you set, it'll re-trigger it again and it keeps getting pushed back. So they don't order again and then get the email right away too because then, you know, then your automation's off, right? Because the thing is with automations is you want it to look natural, but you don't want it people to realize that it's an automation error, if that makes sense, because then it looks disingenuous in some ways too when you're actually just trying to make something convenient. So, you know, basic content, it's been a while, how's it going? Just want to check in with you. I'm the owner of, you know, XYZ store. I know this last time, you know, you ordered from us a couple couple months ago. Just want to see how the product's going. If you need a new product, check out our store. Here's a discount code and here's an update on our recent bestsellers. You know, customers have been buying this, this, this. Here's what they've been saying about that, that, that. And, you know, you can kind of just come up with something there uh, after 90 days, fairly simple. 
So I, this, I have a question that's a little bit off topic, but uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely related to all this. So I actually, I, you know this, but I started using, uh, I don't I always pronounce it wrong, wrong, Clavio for the first time. Uh, and I like it. It's good, but it's expensive. And so right now, B Dancewear is on MailChimp. I have close to 7,000 emails on there. And I think to move it over to Clavio is like, I don't know, it'd be over, I think it'd be like $325. And right now, so right now I'm paying 75. It's only 325 on MailChimp. And I'm, I'm trying to decide if it's worth it to, to switch over. And the reason is for me, like a lot of this stuff I can do, it's like a little manual. Sure. But like I can easily export a list of everyone that hasn't purchased within 30 days, which I think is the real low hanging fruit and just send them um, an email. And I'm not a big fan of giving away coupons. So that's, that's the other benefit I think of like a Clavio is that you can send coupons to people that haven't purchased. Uh, then why don't you well, just import your people that have ordered certain over a certain amount in the Clavio first and then get an ROI on that and then see if you want to add more people. Well, so my thought was maybe even the opposite of like just having people that haven't converted. So anyone that hasn't made a purchase, like I see if I can, yeah, see if I can convert them because the people that have purchased, I don't know that, that just, I mean, I don't know. I guess I could go either way, but um, yeah. So maybe I'll do something like that. Well, like, test it the out. other thing is too, if Clavio is what, 350 bucks a month, give, give or take, like you only, how many orders do you need to make that an ROI on that? Really? Like, like five to 10, maybe less. Uh, yeah. Probably like, like one big, eight. one big order essentially. Right. Yeah. One big order a month. Yeah, that's true. One big order or like 10 small ones essentially. Right. So, and then if your list is like, what would you say? Like 7,000 people or 7,000. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need 10 orders, that's like less than, so if you convert like at 1%, like you're in the, you're already in the money. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think I'll convert 1% extra from email. Cause that'd be 70 extra orders a month. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously you do, you do like say 10%, right? I'm just saying like worst case scenario, you're only converting 1%. You're still having ROI on that. So I think, I think, I think a lot of the resistance is just setting up all the segments and stuff. But the cool thing about Clavio is that it pulls all your cart data. So you can like say, like, hey, if people have bought high-waist dance shorts but haven't bought, you know, jazz pants, put them in this segment and you can send them different emails too, which is kind of cool. All right. I think I'll add this to my summer to-do list. I have, I have been talking to some people over there. Um, so it's definitely something I've looked at trying to master a little bit more. Only one gripe I have with Clavio is the setting up so, so the main designer coder is like this Harvard genius coder uh, from I've been talking to them. And then so basically like the way you set things up isn't very intuitive. It's very logic based. Like, oh, if this is over than two, then send this. Instead of like we're like active campaign, you just drag and drop automation. And it's like if oh. this, then that. It's like super easy. It's like I like it's logical like, though, to be yeah, honest. It's like visually. Yeah, exactly. Logically, isn't it doesn't suit everyone though. I can see how some people will like set it up and they would just get confused by this and... You know, I guess for some people it makes a lot of sense, but so it's it's almost like Mac versus Linux, where like almost yeah, exactly, yeah. And I guess one thing, another thing about Clay is that the like things like Active Campaign are kind of more CRM based, where you can it saves like the people's like name, birthday, whatever, gender, all this stuff. Like you do a lot of like weird kind of CRM sales deal flow type of things, whereas Clavio is just strictly kind of email based. So I don't it depends on 
your store, if you're like kind of B2B stuff, you want like a wholesaler database, you know, active campaign might be something you want to look into also because you can store all the transaction history, conversation history, and like all this stuff. You can put notes in there too based on contacts. Is active campaign a lot more expensive or? No, it starts at nine bucks a month for like, you know, 5,000 people. It's like 50 bucks a month. So, uh, but I just don't think the cart features are as strong as Clavia where like Clavia, you can set different triggers. I think you can do it through Zapier, but it's like, you know, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but like whatever cart you use, like, like, you know, the way you set up the automation is going to be a little bit different than another cart too. Just like the workflow in the UX and stuff like that. So, all right. So uh, next one, let's get into post purchase. So we're still on the bottom of the funnel, uh, filtered by bestseller. So I briefly mentioned this a little bit. Uh, if you use a tool like Clavio or certain other things, uh, you can filter your email list and segment them by say someone who has bought product A but has not bought product B and then send them emails about product B. And you can do this for a lot of things, either by category, by product, um, by you know intent, things like that. Uh, and you, you, the way to trigger this would be, uh, if it's a logic-based thing like Clava, you would do, if the order product does not include a certain SKU number, uh, segment them in this list. And then you know everyone that's you know been there uh, doesn't have this in their previous order history and then you can then market to them. Uh, some pretty Very cool, cool. stuff. Already a third one, which is kind of uh, a little more common one, uh, filtering out your whales, as Travis likes to call it. Um, yeah. Order value over XYZ, either $100, $500, $1,000, depending on your market. So uh, the trigger would be if your email software pulls the cart data, um, filter out people that have revenues over uh, X dollars and above within the last year or two years or whatever, and then add them to a list where you can kind of give them your VIP uh, kind of treatment there. So a uh, little tip here. So active campaign, if you have the lead scoring thing, uh, you can also add a score to someone who say opens 10 emails to give them like a score of 20. And if they use it, your website, you know, give them another points and you can basically see how people are interested in a certain action that you, so like segmentation tells you what people are interested in. But if you can do a lead scoring, it tells you actually, you know, how interested they are in that action. And you can then, you know, have the software send you an alert to give them a personal phone call, send a postcard or whatever, things like that too. So kind of some more ninja stuff. Yeah, this is definitely going to my summer to-do list. All this, uh, all this stuff now, yep. Yeah, all right, cool. And uh, so Clavio uh, can do this. I think Active Campaign did this too. Uh, all those cards, you just gotta look into your cards if they can filter people by order value. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think the MailChimp can do this if I remember it. Uh, looking in the segmentations features properly. I just can't remember the features of every cart right now. All right, so next one, post-purchase, repeat order. Thank you. This one's a pretty straightforward one. You know, if someone's ordered one from me already, you want to give them some special love. Uh, so if you're doing this in Clavio or another tool, uh, you would do it if the order count within a certain time period is two or above. That means they've ordered from you twice, right, or more. Uh, send them this special thank you email just like hey you know i'm the owner of b dancer i noticed you ordered from us again i just want to say a quick thank you and if anything's wrong with the order you know give me a chance to fix it and you can always reach me at you know 555-2324 or support at bdancer.com and we'll send you a order and shipping confirmation separately essentially and so this way when your trigger is set to two or above you filter out people that have ordered once for the first time so they don't get this email and that's basically what you want to set it up as. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. So one thing, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I, with MailChimp, they don't let you send out transactional emails. So it sounds like with Clavio, you can send out transactional emails, meaning like after a purchase, MailChimp doesn't want you to send out 
emails that have that are triggered after a purchase. Yeah, they right. want Shopify to send it. Yeah, Clavio, you can choose to do it and disable the Shopify version. Uh, I think the only things you can't are order confirmation and shipping, because that gets pulled from Shopify. Everything else, like cart abandonment and everything else, you can do it from Clavio. Yeah. So, so what happens is you'll have to change the template in your order confirmation. So like so something also do in order confirmation and shipping is like to add some because like most of these are pretty boring. They're like, hey, you know, dear Travis, order two three seven has been shipped. Click here to see your tracking. But I think there's a lot of opportunity where you can add like, hey, you know, hey, I just want to tell you your order has been shipped. Make it like a little bit more human. And you can also say, hey, by the way, you know, if there's anything wrong with your order, contact us here and here are our social accounts. You know, we're a small business that grows on your support. You know, if you can tell a friend or follow us here, uh, here are our accounts, blah, blah, blah. Because people are always reading these emails, right? So it's a good way to either like kind of, you know, promote your brand a little bit more or kind of get them to take another action, either a cross sell or a follow on a social to keep building that top of the funnel. It's stuff. like the, the CD baby email. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And like, you know, why not? Like people know. Like people are so used to boring. Like if you look at like an Amazon order email, it's like really boring. It's like oh dear, customer. It's like a generic template, right? But if you're like you know you're a small business and just let people know you're a real person, and you know, can always uh, make you different. And just for anyone listening, uh, email or Google Derek Sivers or the CD Baby email. Uh, Derek Sivers is the owner of the company CD, or he was the owner of CD Baby, and he wrote like a really interesting email after people ordered. So Google that; it's a it's a fun read. Yeah, and I guess the biggest thing is that if something is wrong, you want people to know that they should contact you and not leave a one star review, because I think a lot of people when they're pissed off, they're like, "Oh well, you know, I'm not going to bother." telling this company to fix this. I'm just going to leave them a one-star review because I'm angry. But most people, like, if you give them a chance, if you get, if, you know, if you get a chance to fix it, like, you should take it because, you know, that's better than dealing with the aftermath of a one-star review. And sometimes they're just bad customers, but most people, I don't think they're bad uh, that buy online. From I got, I actually just got a one-star review with, like, no comment on our, like, Google Plus page. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm just like, if, if you're going to leave a one-star review, you should at least say, like, Hey, you guys did this wrong, or tell everybody they messed this up. But I'm like, how do we, how do we even fix it? You know? Yeah. Although you know, I heard in the FBA circles, there's people leaving fake one star reviews, like people asking people to leave negative one star review, like negative SEO. Your Amazon thing is like, oh, it's super shady stuff now. That that, that is that. shady. Yeah, exactly. That's some bad karma. I don't want to get involved. It's like negative SEO. It's like all that negative link building. It's like I don't want to be one of those people. Uh, we're still on post-purchase. We got one more that you should do is obviously product reviews. So if you use a tool like Yotpo, and I think most shopping carts actually have a built-in review system where after X amount of days, they send um, a review. So uh, I like to do 14 days after, but depends on your product. Like if it's like a B2B product that they're not using right away, like I guess dance pants, you know, they're going to wear it right when they get it right or at least try it on well but one of the problems with that is we don't ship it out right away because we have to make the order so i i put my trigger at like 30 days gotcha. um, so it would be th- it, it would be 30 yeah. days after shipping confirmation not order confirmation. exactly yeah exactly or no, no no i think maybe i do 30 days after order confirmation because by then they have it and they've had a chance to wear it uh, something like that yeah but, but if you ever okay. pass that 14 days shipping then they would get that email right yeah. yeah, and I guess most B2C products, if you're getting it out within, you know, three, four days, it's fine to just set it at two weeks generally. No, probably not. And, uh, oh, actually kind of side plug here, last 
week, I did an interview with uh, My Real Karma. I don't know if you guys checked that out. Uh, basically, there's a tool that can aggregate all your online reviews. So whether you do it on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, it kind of scrapes all of these and puts it into one page for you that you can put on a widget uh, on your site too. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it's a free tool. So go check it out, My Real Karma. Alrighty. So um, next part, we're going to move up the funnel to uh, during phase during someone's uh, checking out on your store or about to buy so they're not customers but they're kind of on the way to being customers obviously the first one is abandoned cart fairly straightforward i think every cart pretty much has this if you're choosing at least the medium to premium plan uh, a way to hack this is if you can use a third-party tool like clavio get vero that can send it for you but you're paying an extra whatever you know 30 40 bucks a month to do this too and so i guess pretty standard thing you know you could send it within the first two to four hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, just, hey, should we keep this for you? It seems like you left something, you know, here are the items uh, we're keeping in our store uh, for you for the next, you know, two days. Otherwise, we wouldn't give it to other customers. Do you want to keep it? Check out now, blah, blah, blah. Fairly straightforward stuff. Yeah. Alrighty, and so after that, I'll move up to pre-purchase. So I guess the biggest segment is people that have joined your newsletter uh, but haven't purchased yet, right? So they're kind of interested in what you have to do, but they aren't customers yet. So I guess the first thing to do is uh, after your opt-in is sent, whether it's a contest entry, discount code, free PDF, you send that right away, right? And then uh, I would wait a day. The way I have it set up is you wait a day and then, hey, you know, did you get to use the code? You can set up a trigger where if they didn't use the code, you know, send them this, or if they did, don't send them that. And so basically, what did you think about our PDF guide, you know? And the next email could be, hey, here's what our most popular blog posts are or products are that customers have bought, and here's what they say. You can throw some reviews in uh, for social proof, and then you can do another two emails, like, hey, here's how this product helps you with why, and then visit our store and things like that. And, and the thing is, you can get pretty advanced with based on what people click to. Well, most email software will have some kind of JavaScript tag now, where like they can track site events. So if they click your email and go to your website and they see the cookie JavaScript on there, they can know that in the back end you visited this page based on your email clicks and then segment you in a different list too, right? So what that means is if someone, you know, sees highway stand shorts in an email and they click it and they spent, you know, five minutes on that page and then they left, like they're probably looking for it. Maybe they want to buy it, but at least you know it's, you know, they're more filtered out than just the general people on your list too. And then you can send them different emails. And I love it that you use that example. I've used that example, highway stand short specifically, so many times it's almost become like a joke to me. <laughs> it's like a, like, yeah, or jazz pants, right? Yeah, jazz pants. For whatever reason, highway stand, I think I got a, a picture of highway stand shorts and I used that for the course. And then I used it for this like little mini e-commerce course I'm going to put up on YouTube. And I've been doing like a meetup groups talking about highway stand shorts. And it's, so it's just funny to hear you yeah, say that. But, but, but like if you use that, you like, hey, you know, here's what people have said about our highway stand shorts. You can have like five dance team testimonials. And, you know, if you need custom dance shorts here, how our program works, or you could buy on our site, we have 200 colors, you know, click here to learn more. And then your Clavio can do site tracking. Like, hey, okay, this person clicked that email. They opened the email, they clicked it, and they visited the product page. So if they didn't make it to checkout within 90 days, send them this sequence. And that's free ninja right there. Let me ask you, as someone that's going to be setting this up pretty soon, what's the 80-20 of this? Like, if I could only spend, let's say, 20 hours total setting up everything, what would you have me do? Uh, probably the people that have bought from you already do the post-purchase sequences because it's like the 90 days bestseller filters. I think, because you know what 
works for your store like what products are moving in terms of like a group and so like if people have bought this but haven't bought that like that's probably the okay. quickest win and what would then for you i think yeah so and the order order value over xyz because you right now you're doing cards uh, right? yeah yeah we're writing handwritten cards are you are you doing anything phone else calls. besides that or yeah yeah i mean you can add some emails in that too why not yeah so, okay that's probably like the top three i would do right now because the other stuff like pre-funnel stuff i think a lot of it takes like optimizing where like you make a campaign and then you see how it does in like 30 days it depends on how many opt-ins you're getting you may or may or may not get enough data to make a decision whereas like if you know people have purchased from you and what they've bought before you can optimize off that behavior a lot quicker than someone higher in the funnel i think and the cool thing is that a lot of the stuff once you set it up you kind of just let it sit there and then you just check it you know every month two weeks to see how the data is going and you'll see that you know within some sequences the open rates are higher some are lower and then you can go in and see what people are clicking what they aren't clicking and then you kind of tighten up your funnel in there too and the good thing is that in the bigger picture like once your email funnel is really tight uh, when you do social media like all you do is you just get people to join your newsletter not buy from you because you know your middle of the funnel email is working too so then you can really measure you know like say you do facebook ads you get 100 opt-ins you know your email converts at 20 percent, so that's 20 sales for you and then you can then go back to your cpc and like all right then i can pay more for my cpc or less or optimize it based off that too yeah uh, I, like i said i'm adding it to the summer to-do list yeah. after, after africa or Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. after Africa. I, like I said, I'm burnt out. The course took like everything out of me. So um, I'm going to go to Africa, rejuvenate, recharge, come back. And my plan right now is to work on Be Dancer extremely hard for two months and then re recalibrate and go from there. But this summer, it's basically I'm going back home for two months and I'm going to limit my social life and just work. Well, then I guess we'll catch up next time and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Sounds good. Bye.